Sure. I would say that first and foremost, we built this business through a design process with the end in mind, meaning we knew in the beginning how big the market is, how big it is going to be, and the type of volume that we were ultimately going to move through our pipes. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today we're continuing our Raising Cannabis Capital series with Eric Spitz, CEO of C4 Distro. Eric, thanks for being on the MJ Bulls podcast. My pleasure. Well, I'm on the C4 Distro website, and it talks about how you're California's premier distribution and trading, com- and trading company. Can you tell our listeners exactly what you do? Yes. We are cannabis distributors in the California supply chain. And what that means is our business looks similar to a beer distributor. We wait at our warehouse for product to show up from our producer partners, and we pick the products, put them into the right containers, we pack them into boxes by store order, and we deploy those out into the retail channel of dispensaries across Southern California. Okay. We get the orders from our sales team. So it's basically a two-part effort. You have the sales team going out and soliciting orders from the various dispensaries. And then once the orders are taken, the logistics team takes care of putting the products in the right boxes, sending them into the licensed vehicles and out to the store. Yeah. you When when we spoke last, you mentioned to me about... The way you have your sales team set up where there's it's just to ensure that your reps are really hands on, they get to know the customer. What are the advan- some of the advantages to, to a model like that? Or maybe explain a little bit more about your, your model and what are some of the advantages to that type of model? Sure. We have been around and designing our system since 2016, understanding that we didn't operate the business until the regulatory infrastructure in California was in place in January of 2018. But we built the business on three basic strategic principles. Number one is called high-touch distribution service. And what that means is we found an industry where the average rep covered somewhere between 40 and 100 stores. We believe that that is far too many stores for a single rep to cover if he wants to provide the kind of service that these dispensaries need. So we reduced the size of any territory to 12 to 15 stores in order that each of our sales rep gets to touch each of his or her store every week because we believe that there's a metronome that needs to go. The store owners need to understand that you're coming back and if they have questions and that someone's going to be there if there's a mistake. Yeah, I think that's the advantage that you have is that the relationship is more with you than it is with the brands. Well, there's no question that the relationship is with us as opposed to with the brands because it's inefficient for a retailer to have a standalone relationship with all of the brand owners. They don't want that because it's too unwieldy. (laughs) That's why in every business that is a product business, there is a distributor layer. The cannabis industry outside of California and Nevada hasn't quite figured that out. 
the powers that be inside the cannabis industry determined a few years ago that they were better off without a distributor in Colorado and without a distributor in Oregon and Washington. And the reason being that they thought that they didn't want the middleman and they wanted each of the operators to have its own relationship with the stores. And frankly, it just doesn't plain make sense in our 21st century economy. No. And well, it really puts you in the position where you, the distributor in this model, in California's model, really has a lot of influence, but you also have a lot of a lot of responsibility. You you actually have to purchase the product from the manufacturer. Is that correct? That's correct. And in addition to responsibility, we have capital outlay. So we need to come to the party with a lot more than a set of trucks. We also need capital. We need to be able to buy the product. We need to be able to move it. And we need to be able to sell it. So yes. But in addition to that, we also play a regulatory role for the state of California because the state of California, in their wisdom, provided three exclusive jobs for a distributor to do, meaning that only a distributor is allowed to test the product, meaning monitor the test. You send it to a testing company, but it sits in a quarantined area in the distributor's warehouse. The distributor taxes the product. And then the distributor transports the product. Those three tasks must be done by a distributor licensed company in California. Also, you have a lot of responsibility. If you're collecting the tax and you have to submit the tax, there's a lot of responsibility from a distributor's position. I know you have a really experienced management team, so that's... I mean, this isn't, this isn't new stuff for you guys. Talk a little bit about your team and some other advantages that, that you, or some other aspects of your company that set you apart from, from other distributors. Sure. I would say that first and foremost, we built this business through a design process with the end in mind, meaning we knew in the beginning how big the market is, how big it is going to be, and the type of volume that we were ultimately going to move through our pipes. So we built a team of experts. This is an organization built specifically to do what a distributor needs to do in California. Well, and you're in Southern California. And so, I mean, there couldn't be a bigger market in the world than where you are right now. It is the epicenter of the cannabis industry. It, it is. It is. Well, with all that going on, you are going to have to do enormous amount of growth just to keep pace with the industry. Do you have any um, plans for, for, for funding this growth, or how are you funding this growth? We do. In fact, we are sitting right in front of a significant capital raise. We will be bringing $15 million into the business uh, starting early February. We're starting to have early pre-conversations with folks. There are investor groups out there that want to be involved at the epicenter of the epicenter. Yeah. We are there. So, okay, well, you just got everybody's attention. So what do they need to do? How do they get involved or how do they get more information? They can send me an email, my email address. I'm very accessible. My email address is my last name, S-P-I-T-Z, at C4Distro.com. And as soon as I get an email, I will forward the information that we have available and we'll start the dance to see if this is something that is a fit between the investor and the investee. Well, I can 
I can vouch for you, Eric. You are the fastest person at returning emails or phone calls or text messages. I mean, you you are very efficient. Your organization, is, if, I'm sure if it's any reflection on that, this is a really sophisticated and really well-oiled machine over there. Uh, we've been speaking with Eric Spitz, the CEO of C4 Distro, and I'm going to keep. I'm going to have all your information on our website as well, Eric. So, so if people want to go to the MJ Bulls website, they can, they can get this information and and follow up with you about investing or just find find out more if they want to be a customer of C4 Distro. Eric, anything anything you want to leave with our with our listeners before we sign off? Yeah, I want to tell your listeners that they ought to be on the lookout for some world-class brands to hit the cannabis space. We have spent the last 90 or 120 days in our own development process. Once we determined that we needed to seed the market with some more brands, not just wait for all the brands to show up with us, we took ourselves through a development process. And in two weeks, we'll be launching what we believe to be the first true cannabis brand with a backstory. Your audience should start to get excited about it. The brand is called Glassworthy, G-L-A-S-S-W-O-R-T-H-Y. And it's a fascinating story. All I'm going to tell you is that the brand motto is from a Latin phrase that starts nequa venera tecum. And then goes on to have the initials NVTSOV, which is printed on each of our containers. But what it means in English is never arrive with the second best weed. Oh my gosh, that's classic. Will you commit to being back on the show after the launch? Because I'd love to have you back on the show to talk to us about the launch. After, when you... Absolutely. Oh, good, good. Well, everyone stay tuned for that. That'll be really exciting. Eric, thanks for being on the show, and I really appreciate you sharing all this with us, but especially that last bit. That's going to—that's a great teaser for down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks good, for your time. Good luck. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.